0: Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Howard Fox from the Success Insight podcast from my business partner and fellow co-host, Randy Ford. I hope you are having a fantastic start to your week, and I'm excited today to introduce you to Dr. Jonathan Branfman. He is the author of UBU, The Kid's Guide to gender sexuality and family jonathan welcome to the success insight podcast
0: thank you good to be here
1: so jonathan you know when i first discovered your book you know through some interaction on linkedin the whole topic of directing a book on to kids on in the topic of gender sexuality and family I, i was not used to seeing that And so I suspect this is a bit of a groundbreaking project of yours, Endeavor. And so tell us a little bit more about what got you started down this path and why was there a need to produce this kind of book?
0: Sure. So I teach gender studies first at the Ohio State University and now at the College of William and Mary. And so every day my job is to help adult students unlearn 20 years of myths and stereotypes they've absorbed about gender and sexuality. Like the myth that only straight people can be good parents or the myth that there's something wrong with being trans. And even though it's rewarding to help adults unlearn those stereotypes, over time I just kept thinking, What if we could all learn accurate, stigma-free information in the first place when we're five years old, just like we learn the ABCs? And that's what motivated me to write this book.
1: Now, the book was originally published back in 2017, and now in 2019. I know it's hardcover, a lot of great illustrations in it. And I also note that there's, right now, you said there's about 20 languages, and that's pretty phenomenal in and of itself. You don't often see that. A couple questions that come to mind is what has been the reaction to the book? I mean, definitely there is a need here because there's just a lot of misinformation Mm -hmm. and a lot of it, you know, it just perpetuates. So how do we start to break down this historical misinformation and create what is really a nice special dialogue that you and this book are providing?
0: Sure. So in order to explain the backlash, I think I would need to say a bit about the book itself. And the book's goal is to make gender and sexual diversity easy to explain to kids. A lot of parents want their kids to be accepting and understanding of gay people and trans people and intersex people, and want their kids to stand up against homophobia or transphobia, but aren't sure how to say all this clearly in an age-appropriate way. So the book provides a path to doing that. As for reactions, Of course, parents who are into this kind of thing are very excited about it. And I've even gotten feedback from adult colleagues who said, "You know, I've often felt unsure how to approach these topics myself. And seeing it explained clearly for children also helped me as an adult to get comfortable with these topics. Of course, some people have more negative uh, reactions. There's often this idea that it's somehow inappropriate to speak about LGBT topics with kids and that this is somehow an X-rated topic or corruptive for kids. And this idea is based on the assumption that kids are living in a vacuum-sealed bubble with no exposure to ideas about gender and sexuality, and that a book like this is somehow exposing them to inappropriate topics. But that vacuum-sealed bubble does not exist. All kids in our society are flooded with myths and stereotypes about gender from day one. Think of a movie like The Little Mermaid, where the whole plot is that a girl has to give up her voice to be physically attractive to a man, and that's the only way she can get what she wants. And there's even that song, Kiss the Girl, where the crab says to Prince Eric, you have to kiss her, you know you want her, and you can't ask permission first. So my point is, our very young children are seeing these ideas all the time, which I would say are very unhealthy myths and stereotypes. So what a book like this does, is acknowledge that these harmful myths are out there and debunk them so our kids can learn healthier and more accurate truths about these topics.
1: That's that's, uh, amazing. As you were describing this, I'm thinking like on Facebook, I'm active on Facebook, both business and personal, and I imagine you might be as well. And oftentimes we see uh, what I call social quotes. There's a picture and then there's a quote. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we see you know, a little boy, a little girl, a black boy, you know, and a, and a white boy or a black girl, white girl. And we see kids are sweet and innocent and very accepting when they're just little, but then society, perhaps misinformation, lack of explanation if they have a question or being afraid to respond to the question or not knowing how, mm-hmm. that then it, it starts to create these uh, I guess a stream of misinformation. And so my sense is then the having the stories and the being able to a, uh, answer the questions and provide information at an early age has its benefit.
0: Absolutely. To me, this is very similar to like teaching children how to cross the street uh, or teaching them how to read a map or any other basic skill. And I want to clarify, this is not only for children or parents who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. Right. All of us live in a world with very diverse people and understanding and supporting those diverse people is a skill that we all need for school, for work, and every other part of our lives.
1: Most definitely. And I'm curious... Having said that, and I live in Illinois, in Chicago, probably I can walk outside right now and see everything that I ever wanted to see. Um, you're on the East Coast and you got to California, you see almost everything. In the center of this country, it's very much a an orientation, a very conservative orientation. So I'm curious how, what the reception of this book has been in areas that we may not necessarily have a perception of they're going to be open to this kind of a dialogue? What have been the challenges there?
0: Good question. So I actually wrote this book when I was living in Columbus, Ohio, which is where I did my PhD. And I've also lived in Missouri and spent time uh, with family in Minneapolis. So I think it's, even though there is this gap between coast and center, I think there is there's a more complicated picture. And something that's been really gratifying, actually, when I Google the book, is seeing it come up in library catalogs all over the country from New York State to very rural uh, North Dakota and everywhere in between. And it really makes me happy to know the book is there so that kids who may not have other resources or other openly LGBT role models can still find that institutional support
1: you know having that book as a resource and it being available and letting kids know it's available is a huge service and you know because if we don't have that availability we have unfortunately the internet which mm-hmm. that brings up a whole other dynamic of of misinformation potentially
0: yes and making it widely available was a big goal of mine. And that's why I worked with so many colleagues to make it available in 20 languages, including in languages that we often assume wouldn't be good media for this conversation. So for example, it's out in Arabic, Persian, Russian, Chinese, also Spanish, Japanese, a whole bunch of other languages. And certainly we hope the book can be useful for folks all around the world. But even here in the U.S., Friends of mine who did the translations, like to Arabic, said that they grew up in the US, often feeling that they had to divide between a gay identity that felt associated with white America versus an ethnic identity that felt associated with straightness. And so even for people in the US, having these books in multiple languages can be really good resources for bridging identities that are often stereotyped as separate, like being gay, Muslim, and Arab.
1: Sure. What has been the reaction from the readers that you have heard of? So go out, outside of your network, your friends, family of friends. I'm mm-hmm. curious what that reaction has been uh, to, to the book and uh, not only for the parents, but also the impact potentially on on the children as well.
0: Sure. We did a reading of the book at an art space in Columbus when I was there, and there were some kids there. And um, I had previously wondered, is this book too complicated for very young children? It's pitched kind of for ages six to 12, more or less. But there were some four-year-olds in the room, and on the page, uh, speaking about transgender identity, where there is a person who looks like a girl, but seeing looking in the mirror and drawing himself as a boy uh, and like expressing this identity, this internal identity, one of the small children in the room sort of very actively and happily described the picture and seemed to get it. And that was very gratifying. Also, I want to give credit to the illustrator, Julie Ben Bassett, for translating these complex ideas into beautiful and clear illustrations.
1: Fantastic. And I'm curious what, what has been some other messages uh, about the book that you that you hear and ways that, you know, what you have created here? I mean, this is a gift, you know, that you've provided. And how do you then take this and build on the success of this book and the translations?
0: Thank you. Uh, one way has been to speak with other institutions and organizations that do this kind of work. For example, I had a great conversation when I was at the Ohio State University with the diversity committee of the Alumni Association. And something I'm really proud of in this book is that it not only explains that gay and trans people exist, but also explains inequality, discrimination and privilege. And something that made me really happy was when That One of the people on the diversity committee, who I believe identified as a white and straight man, said, you know, I had never considered my privilege as a cisgender person. Like, I never thought of it as a social advantage that I can go to the bathroom without being scared that the police will come and arrest me. And knowing that this person in a position of institutional power, who is going to decide on future programs, had gotten something useful from this book was really gratifying.
1: Fantastic. I'm curious, too, With the within the age range, you know, the 7 through 11, they have access to the book, they've got the parents who are, are supportive. What feedback, maybe it's advice, mentoring to them to begin to address that a comment or being left out because they're different? If you were coaching these kids, I guess that would be the better word, what would you advise these kids to do? What what are some of the first things that you or the book would offer for kids to address, you know, some of the exclusionary activities that are happening to them?
0: Sure. So one thing we say in the book is make sure that you are physically safe when you're standing up to discrimination or bigotry. And that's really important advice because whether it's in a schoolyard fight or as an adult if you're in like a dark street somewhere if you see some sort of abuse happening you have to consider what can i do in the situation that doesn't also put my safety at risk, and that decision may take into consideration other parts of your identity. If you are a white straight man who's six foot five, you may have options in a situation that like an African-American lesbian woman in a wheelchair does not have, and therefore you may be able to intervene more directly or physically in stopping, for example, physical abuse against a trans person. But all of us, I think, can use our resources to figure out what we can do. Does that mean, you know, calling friends, yelling for help, yelling fire so that more people just come? If you're a kid, do you go to the teacher? In other words, finding the way that works for you and it's possible for you to disrupt this negative situation.
1: Excellent. Jonathan, in the time we have left, we definitely are going to provide links back to the book page on Amazon. Where are the other social sites that you would like to direct our listeners to if they want to learn more about you and this work?
0: Sure. You can follow me on Twitter and we'll provide that link with the podcast. My professional website is also www.jonathanbrandman.com, And uh, I really thank you all for your interest in the work.
1: Fantastic. No, we truly appreciate it. And uh, that's the beauty of this, this genre of podcasting and really starting to focus on book authors is they're not all about the zombie apocalypse, which by the way, there are a lot of zombie apocalypse books out there that are being authored. And it's mm-hmm. refreshing to, to have a topic that it, there's definitely the need for it. And, you know, anything that creates insight and in, in people's lives, we're, That's why we call it the Success Insight Podcast. I want to thank you for uh, taking time out of uh, your busy day. Before we head out, we have a little uh, piece on our podcast called Insight to Go. You know, if there's an insight, a book, a reading, a quote that really resonates for you, what what would you like to share uh,
0: with our listeners before we head out? Especially if you're a straight person really keep in mind that you never know who is listening carefully to you to decide if they're safe with you and can trust you. So when I came out of the closet at age 19, it it even shocked me how clearly I remembered comments people had made years ago. Like when I was five years old that I heard from another room at a family get together, like hearing jokes about gay people or hearing somebody not say anything when they heard jokes about gay people. And those memories influenced who I spoke to and when, and, you know, who I decided could be in my life. And so when you as an adult or as somebody raising kids are thinking, you know, does it really make a difference if I stand up to this joke or should I really be this careful about not using gay as an insult? Yes. Because you never know how it's going to come back to you.
1: Thank you very much. That's fantastic insight. And certainly a lesson all of us can learn and Uh, not pass judgment and be aware of who we are chatting with and who's around us and how that, you know, even in child development theory, one little incident Mm -hmm. can carry with us for for years to come. And so I really uh, appreciate the work that you're doing in this space. Hang on for just a minute while we sign off. And uh, again, thank you for your time, Jonathan, today. Thank you all right folks there you have it we have been speaking with dr jonathan branfman he is the author uh, along with the illustrator julie benbesack of the book ubu the kid's guide to gender sexuality and family it's available in hardcover we're going to provide links to the site on amazon and we'll also provide links back to jonathan's website and uh his, his twitter page so For my uh, co-host, Randy Ford, this is Howard Fox. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. Thank you.
0: Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.